fasten your seat belt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. As if. You're going to ask me. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. is the 30-something movie podcast extra extra (laughs) hear all about it it's time for newsies and i've got a bunch of newsies here with me in fact almost all of us are wearing newsboy hats bo is bo is in spirit that's right bo is the joseph pulitzer of the group hey now i'm sorry i didn't oh no you you can be um you can you can be you can be Weasel. <laughs> yeah, Weasel. You can be Weasel. No, would you, we'll make you somebody better than that. You want to be Crutchy? Sure. Okay, you can be Crutchy. I'll be Denton. I'll be Bill Pullman. I can I can pull that yeah. off. Yeah, because he doesn't wear the newsboy hat. So right. All right, you be Denton then. Today is Newsy Independence Day. Oh, wait a minute. Wait. There, there, you there you go. <laughs> wax on, wax off. I, I needed him to get up and give that speech to all the, <laughs> excuse me, to all the newsboys. Mm-hmm. You're still choking it's, on those sardines from last gets, week, huh? Gets me all choked up. Yeah, I act, actually am. Yeah. You know, we, just, they linger. Hey, they we, just, weak old sardines. Mm. Yeah, you just you. left them at your podcasting table. They were waiting there when you got done. You just, I mean, normally I, I like to have like a little drink, like a little scotch or something with me. But if you let the sardines ferment. Then it's like a twofer. Then it's the same thing. (laughs) Sounds awful. (laughs) On that Mm. note, uh, speaking of sounding awful, I'm your host, John Reed. Uh, And then the other ones that don't sound as awful that are here with me are Jeff Mazuka. Jeff, how you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. Hi, Hi, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Bo Warmbold. Yo. Yo. And Patrick Canagallo. Hi, everybody. Hi, Pat. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Bo. Hi, John. It's like a Mickey Mouse club here. What's wrong with Pat? I don't know. <laughs> Pat sounds like, the, you know, you used to have the Walkman and, and how it would sound when the battery started to run low. <laughs> That's kind of what Pat sounded like. Are Pat's batteries well, running low? Pat's batteries. Well, if, if the camera goes off and the mute goes on, you'll know. <laughs> We, we know that Pat's batteries need to be changed. <laughs> All right. Well, this episode is the Disney movie Newsies. Uh, we spoil the movies we talk about, so just be warned. We we talk freely, and sometimes we just randomly talk about other things. So we're going to spoil. 
Visit our website if you have not already, 30andthewordpodcast.com, 30podcast.com. You can leave us a rating, leave us a voicemail, um, become a co-executive producer via Patreon on there and get access to a bunch of other bonus episodes that we do every month. So there is all kinds of good stuff there, 30podcast.com. Go check it out. Um, I don't think we have anything else at the moment, so we can just jump right under, into our movie here. Can I tell you a little story? Tell me a little story. It's story time. I mean, I, I know I shared with you guys some some pictures over the weekend, but I had one of those awesome dad moments in which my four-year-old requested to watch Jurassic Park. Yes, I love this picture. And this is one of those movies that I've been like, I can't wait to watch this with my kids one day. Awesome. Four years old was not when I thought that was going to happen, but it popped up in the kids section on HBO Max. Um, so I was like, uh, okay. And we talked about it ahead of time. And I explained to him like, oh, so, you know, the dinosaurs are not real. They might be a little scary, but they're never going to hurt you. Blah, blah, blah. This and the other. The look on his face when he saw that his first dinosaur in that movie, like that there was an audible gasp. And then he turned and looked at me and just had this huge grin on his face and then quickly back to the movie because he didn't want to miss it. It was such a fun little moment. And I'm just going to treasure that little memory forever. It's exactly what I wanted him to experience the first time he saw that movie. the, The wonder of seeing a dinosaur walking across the screen. That's awesome. That's outstanding. I think it was different for him too, because a lot of his exposure to dinosaurs on the screen are like animated stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. now he's seeing a dinosaur next to a life-size adult on screen, and it just took on this whole different thing for him. And he just, I don't know, it was was just a very special, exciting moment for me to be able to be there and capture that and watch with him. And to his credit, he watched almost, uh, almost the whole thing. Right on. He, he only had one request to fast forward, so good for you. Which, which what, was that? That what was that scene? The uh, the Dilophosaur. Oh, really? When the hood okay. came, when the hood came out and started spitting venom. That's a little was, much. Uh, I can see that. And you know, he all he said to me was, "Daddy, I think I'm ready to fast forward a little bit." Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Now, seeing the T Rex bite the lawyer in half. Not a problem. No. That's right. Didn't, didn't even bad an eye of that one. But uh, the Dilophosaur, yeah, that, you know, he did great with the Velociraptors. Okay. But yeah, the, the Dilophosaur was the one that he was just like, uh, I don't know about this. Huh. So, well, yeah. good and for I, him. I, I bought him the little golden book version. So he and I have been reading that at bedtime. And then it popped up on on HBO max. I was like, well, he's not completely a stranger to it. But yeah, awesome. it was just, it was, it was a very cool, very, cool. very right on, cool man. moment for us. Well, that's like, and, and those are like the times that I will not forget showing my kids star Wars for the first time. And then taking John to go see, uh, the first time he ever saw Raiders of the lost Ark was in the theater. So I had a chance to nice. go take him to that. Had a chance to go take him to see uh, Back to the Future Two in the theater. Um, took him to see actually Pat, you were at that one. We were just talking about that a minute ago. Um, yeah. Took, took him to see uh, Star Trek Two: Wrath of Khan in the theater. Took Nora. Yeah. Uh, took uh-huh. Nora to go see um, uh, Superman 
the first Christopher Reeve Superman movie in the theater. So every time, every one of those like movies that you know you're just waiting to show your kids, I vividly remember every single one of them and just how hey, much man, fun it they, was. If they ever show Who Framed Roger Rabbit in the theater again, I'm packing ah, up the kids and we are there. Oh yeah, nice. Nice. That's another one I can't wait to share with them. Yeah. That and E.T., which, because he did so well with Jurassic Park, I may have to uh, expedite E.T. a little bit. E.T. could be soon. Very cool. Very cool. Well, and as with all those, as with, you know, as you said, it's, it's you're almost not not even watching the movie at that point. You're just watching their reaction. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I had my phone out. I I took... uh, I have a, about a minute long movie that I took of him watching Jurassic Park in the scene when uh, Grant and Sadler see the Brachiosaurus for the first time. I'd set my phone out and I was recording his reaction to watching that part. It was just awesome. Very cool. Awesome. Okay. Cool. Anyway, we're not here to talk about dinosaurs. We're here to talk about newspaper dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. News, news, news. I was going to make some sort of crack about this movie feeling ancient because it was so bad, but I just couldn't put those pieces together. All right. Wait, the movie is bad. I'm. I don't think so. But if you look at the 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 critics and, and it's open, and how it did in the theater and all that, it did not do well at all. No, it definitely did better in rental and and yeah. after that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's on the Razzie list for 92, yeah. isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Movie movie did not go well, Enterprise. All right. Well, our movie this time around is Newsies that came out on the 10th of April, 1992, rated PG at a runtime of two hours, one minute, directed by Kenny Ortega, who also directed This Is It and High School Musical 3. Writers were Bob Tudiker. I don't even know how you say that. T-Z-U-D-I-K-E-R. I'm going to go with uh, Tudiker. And Noni White, Tudor Girl, also wrote Tarzan and the Hunchback of Notre Dame. White wrote The Lion King and Anastasia. Producer for this one was Michael Fennell, who did Inner Space and The Burbs. Music was done by J.A.C. Redford, uh, who also did D2, The Mighty Ducks, and the TV series Coach. Jack Feldman did the lyrics. He was in. Uh, he did Sesame Songs, Dance Along, and Barry Manilow with Kid Creole and the Coconuts' Hey Mambo music video. And then Alan Menken was the composer. He did Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast. Cinematography was done by Andrew Laszlo, who died in 2011. He also did Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, and The Warriors. Editor for this one was William Reynolds, who died in 1997, did The Godfather, and The Sting. Budget was $15 million. Box office was $2.8 million, so it did not make back its budget by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-mm. Flickmetrics gives this one a 58%, and I could not find a cinema score for this one. Starring Christian Bale as Jack Kelly or Francis Sullivan. He was in The Dark Knight and American Psycho. David Moscow played David Jacobs. He was in Big and Honey. Luke Edwards played Les Jacobs. He was in Little Big League and The Wizard. Max Casella played Racetrack Higgins. He was in Jackie and Inside Luella Davis. Gabriel was also uh, in the original... Broadway production of Lion King. Oh, was it really? He was, yeah, he was the puppeteer and voice of Timon. Oh, nice. Well, that's cool. Uh, Gabriel Damon played Spot Conlon. He was in The Land Before Time and Robocop 2. Marty Balafsky played Crutchy. He was in Men in Black 2 and A Mighty Wind. 
R.V. Lowe Jr. played Boots. He was in a TV series called Smart Guy and TV series Lizzie McGuire. Bill Pullman played Brian Denton. He was in Independence Day and Spaceballs. Lone Star. Always while I'm eating. Uh, Anne Margaret played Meta Larkson. She was in Made in Paris and Grumpy Old Men. Uh, L. Keats played Sarah Jacobs. She was in Alive and Insidious Chapter 3. Jeffrey DeMunn played Mayor Jacobs. He was in the 88 version of The Blob and the TV series The Walking Dead. Deborah Lee Furness played Esther Jacobs. She was in Shame and Legend of the Guardians. Robert Duvall played Joseph Pulitzer. He was in The Apostle and Apocalypse Now. Michael Lerner played Weasel. He was in Barton Fink and Elf. And Kevin Ty played Snyder. He was in Another 48 Hours and Roadhouse. A musical based on the New York City newsboy strike of 1899. When young newspaper sellers are exploited beyond reason by their bosses, they set out to enact change and are met by the ruthlessness of big business. I tell the city how to think. I tell the city how to vote. I shape its future. Publisher Joseph Pulitzer ran New York City. There's lots of money down there in those streets, gentlemen. I want to know how I can get more of it. Newsboy Jack Kelly was running from his past. You were in jail? Well, I was starving, so I stole some food. He had nothing until Pulitzer's greed charged the newsies more for their papers. They can't get away with this. Gave him something to fight for. Are we just going to take what they give us? Or are we going to strike? Yeah! Walt Disney Pictures presents... An all-new musical event. Featuring seven new songs from the Academy Award-winning composer of The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. the most powerful man in New York City. You have to fight them. I want an example, May. To those who would dare to leave. If we don't act together, then we're none. We don't stick together, we're none. I'll break you, boy. So what's it gonna be? In 1899, he challenged the power of the press and discovered the power of the people. Sometimes all it takes a voice strike that becomes a hundred and then a thousand christian bale and robert duvall newsies all right so that's one of those others that you listen to the movie trailer and the first part of that trailer does not give you the same vibe as what this movie is going to be like i listened yeah, to the I first was, half of that trailer and i'm like is this a musical or is this a, did i watch the right movie yeah it, it it definitely had a different vibe to it so we're gonna start off with our major moments for this one and we've got about five or six major moments to kind of hit on and then we'll get into some of our deeper thoughts about the movie um, but the first one is you kind of start off, you get the background of what's going on. Um, you understand that this is New York City, 1899, and we're introduced to the characters of the Newsies and that there is a trolley strike going on in the city. That's kind of one of the, the major things that they are um, using to sell the newspapers. And uh, it becomes kind of their inspiration for their own strike a little bit later on in the movie. Um, but that's where we start off. So we know what time period we're in. This is, and, and I 
looked up a little bit more of the history, kind of what's going on at the time. Um, this is a time when you really had a rise in journalism and newspapers, um, some of it kind of surrounding the Spanish-American War from 1898. Um, you had the boroughs of New York City were incorporated the year before this takes place, so that really kind of immediately transformed New York City, not that it was really any different before, but uh, the boroughs ended up getting incorporated with each other to make New York City, I believe, the second largest city in the world at that point, which is probably behind London, would be my guess. Um, and so you've got a lot of stuff going on. Like New York City is, is growing like crazy. Immigration is huge at this point. People coming through Ellis Island. Um, you have all these different things going on. And because there was such a meteoric increase in factories and jobs and things like that, a lot of times they resorted to children, just pulling in children to perform jobs that by today's standards, we would never put a child in that kind of situation. Um, but a lot of child labor going on at that point. So, so that's kind of where children we were cheap. What's that? Children were cheap. That's also true. And small, so children could get into a lot of the machinery when it needed to be fixed. Right. Should it needed to be fixed. Problem was they couldn't get out quickly enough a lot of the times, and right. they would have to go find more children to take that spot. Replace the, replace the children. Yeah. That's like the reason Yandu picked up Peter Quill. Right? Sure. He was small. He could fit in places. Isn't that the reason he gave? That's true. I'm yeah. sorry. No, no, Spoilers that's... for Guardians. Yeah, no, that's true. So that's kind of the background you get on the newsies and what's going on here. Um, our next moment is you get introduced to some of our major characters here. And I think the one that people, even if you've never seen this movie before, if you're watching it for the first time, the one you're going to recognize right away is a very young little Bruce Wayne. We get introduced to Jack being played by Christian Bale, um, and then the other two major characters of David and Les, who are brothers with each other. And, and the story kind of progresses from there once the three of them meet each other, and Jack is going to take advantage of his new friends because one is small and cute, and the other one has a good head on his shoulders and has some smart ideas. And Jack knows how to take advantage of that. So starting from that point, where do you like these characters? As you get introduced to these characters, are you are you connecting with them pretty quickly? Are they I know some of this some of this can be a little tough sometimes, especially if we haven't if you're watching this for the first time and, and we're older as opposed to watching this as a kid, um, I guess I'll fast forward a little bit and ask this question out of order. Um, did you watch this for the first time as a kid or as an adult? I was in high school when first time I saw it. Okay. Um, so do you feel like you I didn't? I didn't, with the I didn't see it in the theater. I would have seen it. I'm, I might have even rented it because there was a girl that I had a crush on that really liked this movie, and so I wanted to be in the know. Okay. So I went and rented it. I think. Yeah, it was early high school, freshman, sophomore year of high school. Okay. Did you did you connect with the characters? No. Okay. Not really. I mean, I I what I understood of history at the time, which wasn't much, 
Um, you know, I, I understood that things were difficult for them and I understood why the kids had to go to work instead of go to school, but there really wasn't anything about any of the characters that I, I felt a connection to. Mm-hmm. But, but again, it, I wasn't in it for truly watching the movie. I just wanted to pick up a couple of points that I can go back and talk to the girl and be like, oh yeah, hey, I watched mm-hmm. this movie and I just, I really like this part. What do you think? Yeah. Did it work? No. No. Oh, okay. As so, as so often, as so often is the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you know. Um, yeah. I don't know what you mean. It's not easy being Jeff. Yeah, um, ain't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> I might or might have. I might or might not have a third kid at this point. What week are we in now? Hey, there you go. I, who knows? Sometime in when May. When will then be now? Then will be now sometime like in the second week of May. Uh, you know, you might want to interject a, a little bit of information in her because I'm just saying if people are listening to this, you're talking about trying to watch the movie to impress the girl, how to go not so good. And then the next thing you followed up with, I might or might not have a third kid by now. So you might want to explain that like you did meet it, a girl. It's that, been, what was that? It's It's been 30 years since I tried yes, to impress okay. the other girl. Right. And a lot and of you time found, has gone by. I've, right. I've met another girl and we got married and now we are expecting our third child. There you go. That's awesome, Jeff. Congratulations. I think that fills in the gaps for our, for our viewership. That way, you know. Oh, good. I didn't want. You're right. I shouldn't leave the people confused about my <laughs> philanderings. <laughs> Time jump three decades. Philanderings. <laughs> yes. Wow. That's big uh, words. I'm gonna go find. I'm gonna go find a dictionary. Check out the big brain on Jeff. That's why he needs that funny hat to hold it in. Mm-hmm. Hey. Don't knock my newsies hat, man. Hey. We've almost all of us have funny hats. I'm gonna soak you. you. Gotta find me first. Get a free bowl of soup with our hats. <laughs> but Here, it looks good. But it looks good on you. I don't know if you can see me in my newsies costume. Oh, there you go. Nice. Nice. Like that. Circa. This would have been when would that have been? 20... 2007. Ought seven. Right on. Wow. When I was the, a camp director for a theater camp, we had a nice. costume day. And you were and dressed up as a newsie. Nice. Right on. Well, when did you see this? Did you see this when you were a kid or an adult? Um, I'm thinking right around when it came out. So I was a okay. kid. Um, I don't remember seeing it in the theater. So I think it was a rental. Um, were you trying probably, to impress a girl too, or no? I was not. I was not. Your your motivations were much more exciting than mine. I was just a nerd who saw there was a Disney musical that we needed to watch. <laughs> Nerds. Um, yeah, I and ever from day one, I have loved the music of this show. I know a lot of people. It took a lot of heat and a lot of flack, but you know, Alan Menken. How do you go wrong, really? Um, well, apparently somehow because this movie did nothing I know it's it's kind of funny in a way to hear that think about that process it because I like 
every song I like. Um, like I can do the words. I can't do the words without the song playing, but I can sing all the words to "Seize the Day." Nice. Like that is a great tune. John um, fired it up. I want to hear this. No, you don't. Trust me. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was actually. It's funny. Um, before we started the podcast, I was watching, which I did not know they had a recorded version of on Disney Plus. I was watching the musical version. Oh, it's so good. Um, yeah, just the opening number. I was like, okay. Jeremy Jordan is amazing. Right? He makes me angry just... with what he can do with his voice. <laughs> we established angry, my, but... my, my wife and I were listening to the Broadway soundtrack in the car this weekend. And I was just like, God, it just, she, I said something. She goes, you seem to have a lot of resentment towards Jeremy Jordan. I said, you know what? I kind of do. I kind of, it makes me angry that he can do those things with his voice so naturally. Hmm. Eh, oh, whatever. Yeah, it's a, what do it's, you do? It's the same reason I'm jealous of Chris Hemsworth. But the, the Broadway version is phenomenal. I appreciate all that. Yeah, so far. And that was a point I wanted to pick, uh, talk about at some point too, is the fact that this movie flops, loses a lot of money for Disney, yet they decide to invest in turning it into a, a Broadway show. Yeah, somebody over there believed in it, that's for sure. Like, did, did it do well enough on the home video market that that's what oh, i've yeah. read like the home video market saved that yeah it's like you hear about all those shows that get a all those canceled shows or we, odd movies that get a sequel because they find this cult following and yeah and i mean have you seen it live or just the recording i've seen it live i saw it i feel That's like where I, I got it. my hat oh nice did the marriott do it in the last 10 years or so uh, i have this odd memory of seeing it at the marriott and i don't know why um i don't remember if the marriott did it or not um i saw it downtown somewhere at one of the sure theaters, cadillac palace maybe and i remember i just the marriott for some reason my, the memory sticks out as the marriott because obviously when you see something there it's a different experience because mm -hmm. just the way they do things um and it just i don't know it's one of those one of those shows the songs just put a smile on my face and well if you want to go see it um i, I learned this just the other day because my child that's in high school tells me nothing um lake forest high school is actually doing newsies as their play no joke so actually it's this weekend the 28th oh. 29th and 30th of april um, i'm out you're out okay <laughs> so uh I'm, yeah i'm out because i'm friday yeah. night i have plans to see almost maine at uh my high school oh there you go which by the way if you've never seen almost maine see it okay bring the wife ditch the kids okay it's not it's not that it's not kid friendly but it's a nice date night show yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah if I, anybody listening to this recording this is going to be quite a while afterwards but if any of you guys on the record if anybody wants to go see newsies they are doing it at lake forest high school this weekend so that's awesome that's, if i didn't have another show there. to go see and i had more time this weekend i'd go mm -hmm. The Broadway version, I feel like, is a better effort than the movie version. 
well, it has the benefit of hindsight, you know. They, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I but I think they had the, time to go. Hmm, what did we miss? The I think the music is like the the music in the original movie version isn't bad, but the the composition of the music for the Broadway version is just phenomenal. I kind of like the way the Broadway one opens too, versus the mm-hmm. versus the movie. I wasn't expecting that difference. And when I saw it the first time, I was like, oh, I like this. How far just have you gotten? The, just tells the story a little differently. How far have you gotten? Oh, not very. Okay. Uh, they just sang Carrying the Banner. Oh, yeah. Okay. So there'll be a number of differences coming your way. Oh, yeah. Well, and I've seen it. Like I said, I've seen it before. But okay, I saw it live somewhere. I still think it was the Marriott. But I remember liking the way it opened just the way i told the story just a little differently it's like you were saying they they changed a few things and i think for the better for the most part yeah so we how did you feel about the uh reporter character becoming female it didn't it was one of those moments where you go you know what for the time probably not a reality but it didn't rub me the wrong way, but it was one of those historical is anachronism. The right word here. Mm -hmm. Um, Sure. It just wouldn't have happened probably. Yeah. Well, and spoiler alert for the Broadway musical. You find out, well, I'll put it, you find out she has connections, right? Which even though she didn't trade on her connections to get where she is, you have to imagine that her connections somehow played into her being in the position she's in to be uh, a journalist. Yeah, and the, I don't know. that That's the other thing about that character I wasn't a huge fan of. That extra storyline. Yeah. I bumped on it initially, um, but the more I've listened to the soundtrack, which is a lot. I've listened to the, to the Broadway soundtrack a lot, and then having watched the uh, the Broadway show a couple of times on Disney Plus, it her character has grown on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think in the end, it's a they had the benefit of hindsight. They told a different, a slightly different story, and they probably told it better. I I have a there are times when I wonder if the extra plot lines aren't just gratuitous in a writer sort of way, you know, in this show in particular, no, just in, I, I, I bump on them in general in lots of places. So I think that's why it sticks out here. Like I, I'll be, I'll be watching TV and some show we watch every week and I'll just, I'll look over at Donna and I'll go, really, we needed to spend, 10 minutes on this this is all act this is superfluous nonsense <laughs> get back to the story <laughs> we're not to say that it's superfluous nonsense all the time but extra storylines sometimes i go okay we had an a and a b story now we have the c and the d story did we really need all four of these were you watching star trek discovery <laughs> <laughs> uh, no because my wife does not partake but okay <laughs> 
it was it was some police procedural that we watched okay. it was just this moment that you were like i'm sorry i know that is never going to pay off so why are we spending you know mm-hmm. it's the complete opposite of chekhov's gun like that will never be fired mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and it you see and, it and, like, I, okay. and i do i do enjoy star trek discovery but i i, I kid because i love Right. No, no, you are not wrong. There yeah. are definitely some extra stuff happening mm-hmm. sometimes. I wonder. In fact, like, I, might just start, I might just start calling it Star Trek Superfluous. Yeah. Did we need that? Did we really, really need that? Yeah. <laughs> In a, and you know where I really sometimes, we're getting way off tangent here, but Star Trek Picard is real good at that. I'll oh, see. I'm a couple episodes behind. Well, you got a 35 minute episode in the middle of a 10 episode season and sometimes you got to wonder if well, they're using those 35 minutes right 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 <laughs> like, dude mm, i don't know well let me let me run us watching yeah, let's, let's get back you know, to let me run us through the the rest of the plot of the movie here and then i've got some uh deep thought questions for us which you guys have kind of already started talking about a little bit but... <laughs> deep thoughts deep thoughts uh hey, so here. the the kind of hey pat how's it going um, we just, Pat and I are just letting the two of you talk cause you guys are the more the theater guys than we are. So, and I'm, I'm hoping at some point maybe we can get Bo to sing, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Nope. Okay. There we go. <laughs> um, you don't want that. I don't want that. Our listening audience really doesn't. I, I don't know. I'm, I might want that a little bit. No, you don't. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm curious. So no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I want your opinion. I'll give it to you. There you go. So in other news, Joseph Pulitzer raised prices. Uh, that's kind of the driving force of a lot of this is he raises the prices, not on his readers, but on the newsies themselves to have to pay more to get the newspapers, um, which then causes them to strike. And ultimately they realize they're going to need the support of the other newsies from around New York City. Um, and in particular, Spot Conlon, who is kind of the biggest, most famous newsie of all. Um, Jumping, kind of fast-forwarding a little bit, uh, we have them start to, you know, start together, start to gather force and, and their voices be heard a little bit more. And then ultimately, Jack is arrested, and we we feel like, or at least the other newsies feel like, he has betrayed them because he shows up in a nice fancy suit and he's there to uh, start working for Mr. Pulitzer's paper he's again. He's a scabber. He's a, he's a scabber. And uh, but ultimately he does uh, when when uh, David and Les and Sarah are attacked. Um, ultimately he does come to their rescue and sides once again with the newsies. They print that newsy banner and distribute it using Pulitzer's own press, by the way. Uh, and ultimately Teddy Roosevelt comes to the rescue, as you have in all great stories. Um, and it pretty much has the happy ending you'd expect from a Disney movie. And mm-hmm. he, he almost goes to Santa Fe, but he doesn't go to Santa Fe, and he stays in New York City, and life goes on from there. So, um, any other moments in the movie, in particular? We you already started to talk about some of the songs that you like. Um, do you have a particular favorite song from this? Is there one you could pick out and say, "Yep, that's the one that when I think of Newsies, that one sticks out to me." For me, it'll always be "Seize the Day." Okay. I like I like music that does that that starts off kind of melodic and then punches it up. I'm sure there's a word for that, Pat, but I'm gonna let you 
<laughs> comment. Ah, no, no comment. I, I get what no, you're no, saying. No, I, I was serious. I'm sure there's a word for this. I just don't know it. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I no, that's that's fine. I you know what I'm gonna confess that um I well I, I mean <clears throat> I'm kind of I'm kind of <laughs> speaking of pulling things off track. Um I uh uh <laughs> yeah it looks like looks like everybody's trying to get you to laugh Bo. Um you know what I, I just saw this for the first time four hours ago. So, or I should say finished it four hours ago. So I am not as familiar with the music probably as I should be. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I remember the songs. I remember hearing them. They were catchy tunes, but like, uh, if you ask me, you know, like with the the tune you just mentioned, I would have to go back and listen to it to be familiar with it. So, so there's that. So I don't think I can sit there and correct you on your music terminology because I'm not even familiar with the material in question. Fair enough. Same I thing for me. I, I, I probably, I would probably say seize the day. Um, and that King of New York was a good one too. King of New uh, York's yeah. a classic for sure. But I probably would go seize the day and I'm kind of almost in the same boat as Pat. Cause I had not seen this movie before a couple of days ago. Um, and I've only seen it at the one time. And I, I'll get into this a little bit more as we get into the deep thoughts part of it, but that'll be probably one of my criticisms of this movie is I just didn't feel like the songs were super memorable. Um, you know, at least not for me. I, I really kind of felt like, and I hate to say that about Alan Menken, who's done so many amazing things. It felt very generic. Well, I think that's because you had a lot of, God, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Generic type actors mm-hmm. that weren't musical performers, right? And I think you know, get, once we get into it a little bit more, I, that was kind of my takeaway from it. That I'm, I'm assuming is that if you had, and I'm, I'm blanking. What was the name of the, what was the name of the singer that you're angry with because they're so good? Jeremy Jordan. Jeremy Jordan. Okay. So if you had somebody like that. Which I'm sure you know who he is because he was on Supergirl in the first season or two. He was like the the guy that worked in the office. Oh, was he the IT guy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do know who that is. All right. Which it, I, I was always curious as to why he never made it to any of the crossover musical singing episodes. Yeah. Huh. Because I mean, what I would I would encourage you to watch the the recorded Broadway production that he's in on Disney yeah. plus because he, I mean, he's truly an incredible talent. Yeah. Well, incredible I wanted to, talent. I wanted to watch this with the kids, but everybody was too with sports and everything else. Everybody was too busy this last weekend. So we didn't get a chance to watch it. Um, and then afterwards I started to read up a little bit. I'm like, eh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll skip the nineties version and just watch the one on Disney plus. I mean, you want to talk about memorable songs. They take seize the day and bump it up, Kick it up you know, oh I'm, yeah i'm looking because i've never seen this recorded version i've only seen it oh, done man. live i'm looking um, forward to that after after um carrying the banner i was like okay yeah king, i'm in king, king of new york is a fantastic dance number for them mm-hmm. seize the day turns out to be it has a huge dance break uh santa fe which ends act one is just amazing and there's a couple of new ones that they wrote for the the show specifically 
Um, and someone to believe in is one of them. Once and for all is just has a, there's a moment in one, a, the song once and for all that every time I hear it, I get, uh, I get goosebumps. It's just a, a, a very poignant moment in the show. And just, that's so, so well-performed. Okay. But no. I, I mean, the, the, the Broadway show is just, a, it's a better offering than the original movie. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go take a look at it. All right. Um, anything else we want to say about these major moments before we go on to getting deeper into our thoughts? I think you outlined the plot pretty well. Okay. All right. Let's let's think deeply now. All At right. what point did Francis Sullivan become Jack Kelly? Yeah. And why? Mm, that's a deep thought. You get the impression that it was when he escaped from the refuge because... But everyone is so well acquainted with him as Jack Kelly. That I, I, I get the sense that he was Jack Kelly before he went to the... Re- Although, what's his face? The warden... Mm-hmm. refers to him as Sullivan right and that's sort of why I feel like they didn't play it up very much but in that scene where you first meet the warden they see him from across the way and I feel like it's all visual for the, for him you know and if and Jack Kelly is almost too famous for the warden of what is essentially a children's prison to not have heard about Jack Kelly and if he was really trying to find a Jack Kelly, he would have found him. But he was looking for Francis Sullivan. Yeah. So maybe once he once he escaped from the refuge the first time, he changed his name so that make it tougher to find him. But that's been my mm. headcanon version of it. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Just trying to figure out, you know, the the, the timeline of that. Well, you know, right. How, how much you, you how much time then did he have to establish himself as Jack Kelly? Exactly. The timeline is definitely in question. And what was he doing as Francis Sullivan before he was selling? You know, was he still selling newspapers as Francis Sullivan? Right. Because I feel like then no one or a lot of people wouldn't refer to him as Jack Kelly. Well, and it seemed like no one seemed like no one else knew. None of the other newsies knew him as sullivan for sure yeah so he's he's got a shady past for sure and all that we know of it is that he stole food because he was hungry he stole a loaf of bread um so really so this is the origin story close to death it's the origin story for jean valjean Mm -hmm. there it is jean valjean (gasps) was at one point was francis sullivan at one point was jack kelly there we go. All right. Good. Got it. Got that figured out. Excellent. Glad we could talk that one out. Nice. Um, I'm just going to ask this one bluntly because, Jeff, you kind of made a comment a little bit earlier. And I know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. That's OK. Um, you, you know, we all have our faults. Um, and, Bo, I, I know the answer to this for you. But uh, thinking only purely about the 1992 Disney movie version. Oh, no. Do you like this movie? Yeah, I do. Okay. I'm entertained by it. I don't hate this movie. Okay. 
And for a long time, I would, you know, people would talk about this movie like, yeah, I like it. It's not until, you know, I, I've been able to compare it to the Broadway production that mm-hmm. you finally get a sense of like, ooh, this is what it could have been. Yeah. But for whatever reason, wasn't. Okay. Whether, you know, rushed into production or they just didn't really flesh out the script all that much, really develop the characters all that much. I don't know, but you definitely get a, a, a much better story, a stronger story, stronger performances, because you have people that are trained to sing, people that are trained to dance. It, um, and I think you guys, well, we went over this earlier in the, uh, in the app, but this first came out is the movie and then they put it on the stage. Yeah, I mean, yes, over yeah. 10 years later, right? I can't remember. Oh, when the it was, I feel oh, like, like it was more than that. Wasn't it like 20? Yeah, it was. I want to I want to say it came out in 2012. It was like, yeah, 2011 oh. or 20. So it was almost like 20 years later when they did. The yeah, it was. Movie. OK, because yeah. they it's were sort of my understanding is they did the movie and then it became a cult classic via VHS and everything else. And then schools were taking this and like transcribing their own script and doing this themselves. And then Disney was finally like, ooh, we can make some money off of that. Let's make an official version. <laughs> and so then they finally made like an official version of this. And then that was, but not until like 2011 or 2012. Yeah, it definitely sat around for a while. Mm-hmm. And there's that that benefit of hindsight. They had time to update it a little for a modern audience in its own way. They yeah. smoothed off some of the edges they didn't like and... Pat, you'd like it. It starts with a solo trumpet. That's, I'm telling you, man, that's the way to do it. So, Pat, did you like this movie? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, yeah. it was fun. Batman teaming up with Lone Star. What could go wrong? I, what could go true. wrong? Nothing could go wrong. Being chased Nothing around by wrong. Boo Radley. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, you know, I did like this movie. Are we on deep thoughts or are we on rapid fire answer? I want to make sure before I expound no, too you're, much. You're in deep thoughts. Yeah, I did like this movie. And, you know, it's interesting hearing it. I, I, I think unless you're going to have another question about this, maybe I should just wait and hold my comments. But uh, I've, I've, uh, I'll just say as much as I did like it. I think it just maybe came out at the wrong time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I, I think... Um, I, I think that uh, uh, the comment that was made, I'm trying to say this very carefully because no one is hiring me to be in a movie, make a movie, write a movie or do any of that kind of stuff. And so it's very easy for me to sit here on my sofa in my newsy hat and tell everyone else how to run their business. But I just would think that I, I think like you guys said, there was no like all-star like singers in this right? Uh, the dancing numbers were crisp. It was fun. But like, I, I just think, you know, there were good, there were catchy tunes, but nothing that I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to buy the soundtrack because I want to hear that person sing it. You know what I'm saying? I think Anne um, Margaret might have been the only... Yeah. Say that again? I think Anne Margaret might have been the only singer. And who did Anne Margaret play? Meta. Meta Larkin. Holy buckets. And then she was in Grumpy Old Men like yeah. five years later? Yeah. yeah, ish. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, um, 
or however many years later. Anyways, I'll, I'll bring it back. But yeah, to, to, to wrap up my rambles, um, that was kind of my thing with this is I just think, you know, that was the that was the dilemma. Now, John, are we going to go through? Is there a question coming up that says, hey, do musicals work? Are we going to get into that discussion in a little bit or kind of? Yeah. OK, then I'll then I'll then I'll wait. I'll keep it at that. I just okay. think this came out kind of in the wrong time. Well, and so I think for me, I I, I enjoyed it. Um, but I mean, a lot of it was like, yeah, all right. That was OK. So I, that's why I'm really curious to see this, the updated version, the Broadway version, because it's so much of this. And I think it comes to what you guys have already said is that you didn't have, you know, Christian Bale. I like Christian Bale as an actor. Um, and I think that a lot of the people in this movie are, are fine actors, but they were not, they clearly were not cast for their singing and dancing ability. And I feel like had you actually, if, if Disney had cast the right players for this, then you might've had a better chance. But also, to your point, Pat, this was kind of a time at which live-action musical movies were not doing well. You know, you had, you know, they, they had been doing well. We, we just did Singing in the Rain not that long ago. Uh, we just recorded that one. And so you have a bunch of movie musicals throughout the, um, you know, throughout the, the 50s and 60s and, and, and even a little bit into the 70s as well. But then you kind of hit, I feel like the 80s and the 90s are really kind of a downtime for live action movie musicals. Disney animated musicals skyrocketed, but the live action stuff, this was kind of a downtime for it until you get back to, I feel like, the early 2000s. Then you've got like Moulin Rouge and Chicago, and um, then it kind of. I wonder if they were back up again. trying to capitalize on the success of their animated stuff. Oh, I would imagine so. I mean, because I'm sure if you're Disney, you look at Alan Menken and think, ooh, this guy, he's, you know, he gave us Little Mermaid. He gave us Beauty and the Beast. Please keep going. Yeah, and, and I, well, I'll jump in there. And Jeff, I mean, you, you know, go back and listen to when we did The Little Mermaid. And, you know, you talked a whole lot about Disney animated shows. And I mean, you gave a, a, a great, like, uh, um, lesson on, on all that kind of stuff. So viewers, go back and check those episodes out. But I mean, I think back to Little Mermaid and like uh, I can start humming the tunes and I might kind of have to give me a couple seconds to get the lyrics going, but the music sticks out, the perform, it all sticks out, right? Um, Beauty and the Beast, same deal. Uh, Magic Carpet Ride from Aladdin. Colors of the Wind, you know, from, from um, Pocahontas. Pocahontas, thank you. Like, those things stick out. I mean, I remember, oh my gosh, they're getting Robin Williams for Aladdin. Are you serious? This is going to be wicked awesome, right? Like I, the stories were, you know, the, the stories had some adventure, a little bit of magic. Like it, it was, it kind of sucked you in. This one, and again, I think what happened was, you know, well, and then now we're doing all the live action version of these movies. And what is everybody saying from the live action version? Oh, Lion King. Why didn't I mention Lion King? Everyone's saying from the live action version of the movies, they're like, oh, this is good or that's great. But hey, hey the person that they cast isn't really a singer, but it, it's OK. It's OK. It's kind of like the overall gist that a lot of times people will say. And like this movie didn't have it. This movie didn't have that initial animated one to get us all excited about the tunes. You know what I'm saying? And and now and and so we were kind of left with the live action version. And I, I know that 
there was no animated one, but that's what I'm saying. It was like out of time, out of place. Cause if there had been an animated one to give us the excitement about the tunes, then we go back and watch it. And it's like, okay, these, these folks can't quite sing, but eh, that's okay. You know, we kind of, we've already been fired up because of the, the story and all of those stories anyway, you know, like Aladdin and beauty and the beast and whatnot, you know, they're all, there's like a fantasy. It's a fantasy, right? There, you know, kill the beast. There's the, you know, the, the underwater octopus lady that's going to, you know, does magic and all this kind of thing. This one doesn't have that magical component component to it. But then there's a little bit of, okay, well, who's Jack or what's this? Is he Sullivan? Is he whatever? Like, who is this character? And we're not quite sure what his whole backstory is. So we, I think that's where this, that's where the thing ends up feeling a little bit vanilla. If I can say so, I mean, yeah, snappy dance numbers and a fun tune and all, but we're never given like the big, you know, the big, uh, um, well, this is what it's about. And we're really going to focus on the newsy strike of 1890, whatever, or we're really going to focus on the backstory of our main character. Or, yeah. I mean, but, even, but one of even, my questions there too is, yeah. do you feel like this subject matter that they use for the story is too adult. Like, is it like, like part of it when you get into like, I mean, I'm interested in it cause I watched it as an adult and I originally went to school for journalism. So I know some of the history of this and I know, you know, from just my interests and, and all of that. But I mean, watching this as a kid, I know in watching there was a there was a behind the scenes featurette that got released in I think early 1992 where they talked about the movie before it came out and you know they always used to do those little featurettes um, and they talked about the movie being about the underdog having a voice and and I get that and I get that as the theme that as a kid you can pick up on but I also wonder if this has a little bit of the you know what people will criticize. Uh, the Phantom Menace for is it's like, oh, you've got a really cool sci-fi adventure movie and there's a bunch of politics right in the middle of it. Um, and so I wonder if part of part of what also kept this from gelling with the kid audience that would have maybe gone to see this as a Disney movie is the whole idea of unions and strikes is that maybe a little bit too adult for what they thought the target audience of this was going to be? I, well, I don't know when I, when this first came out, which I didn't see it, but I always was like in my head as a kid, I remember thinking, Oh, this is just like Oliver twist. This is like an Oliver twist type mm -hmm. thing. Like that's how I categorized it right, wrong and different. I, I don't know, but that's how I thought of it. And I think like, you know, you can, I mean, you could put it in there, but I think, what you really need to have is some kind of a story that draws the audience in and kind of makes you care about it. Right. And I think uh, we just don't get enough of the, I forget his name, the Jack O'Malley or the Jack O'Lantern or the Jack Thomas Kelly. Sullivan, whatever. What was that? Jack Kelly. Jack Kelly. Right we don't get enough of his like backstory and what is he running from? And I, I gotta be honest. I still don't know if his parents are waiting for him in Santa Fe or not. And I, I like for a second, I thought I maybe dozed. Maybe I did. Why did he suddenly wear the suit and like help out? Uh, you know, what's his he name? He basically offered him a job, gave him real money. 
Yeah. So, but I mean, make, like to make them go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But that was the thing. Like, um, I, I, like what you're trying to understand about this character, I thought he was going to be above that. So it seemed kind of like, Oh, we'll just give you a job, give you some money. Oh, okay. Bam. I'm done. Like everything I was saying, like I'm out, but then he flipped back right away. Cause the one guy was getting beat up and he's just like, okay, well, I'm going to go help him out, which, yeah, okay. He might've done that for a girl. Well, and you know, that's noble as well, but that's my point is that you really don't get a sense of this guy other than everything just seemed very kind of routine and procedural and all that. There was the good guy. There was the bad guy. There was, you know, okay, our hero is going to lead people. Now our hero is going to go over to the bad guys, but only briefly because he's going to come back. And it was like nothing there. There felt like there were no stakes in it. You know what I'm saying? So I think, you can do a, a subject matter like this, but you just got to have enough of a story in there about even if they're fictitious characters to make people care. Now, I might draw the ire of some of my podcasting friends here, but, you know, like this discussion makes me think of the movie Titanic. OK, now I know a lot of people love to hate that movie. You know, I like what he did. But what really what really drew the masses into the movie Titanic was the story of the main characters, right? That's what drew people in. And now once you drew people in, you could tell the story of the Titanic. And Jeff, if I don't miss my guess, or if I miss my guess, if I don't forget, like our, I think you and I discussed this movie and spoilers for Titanic. The boat sinks. The, the ship sinks. But I, if I remember right, didn't you bring up a point with that movie that you said, you know, Jack and Rose, that was emotionally but the one that really gets you is the mother with her kids or yeah. the old couple. And I, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, guys, I'm a sap. I'm going to like, I'm going to start getting choked up when I say it, but the old couple just laying in bed, you know, just like, okay. Like, didn't you tell me that, that that was the one that had the emotional gut punch. Mm-hmm. And that I think, like yeah. And it, I think what draws people into that movie is Jack and Rose. That's why you show up, but you stay for everything else. So bringing it all around, I think Newsies could work if you had a strong enough story about, I don't know, Jack-O-Lantern. What's the kid's name? Jack, Jack in the Box? Jack Kelly. Right. If you had a strong enough story that you really knew Jack Kelly, okay, and you knew what he was about, how did he get to know uh, what's her name? Um, uh, Meta you know, how did he know her? What was the deal? Like, what was their relation? What is this? Is this like an artful Dodger type situation? Like what's going on here? Then I think you would stay for the rest. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. And I think you're right on. I think that when you take a, you take an event that not a lot of people know about and you throw a bunch of songs in it that nobody has ever heard before, and you don't have a strong cast that's truly capable of performing, you know, it's, it's not a recipe for success. Like you were saying, those animated movies, they're based on other stories. They're animated. So we give them more of a chance and we get to know the music through that sort of thing. Um, But I think, yeah, like, you know, if you were to ask me, Hey, you know, tell me about the newsy strike. I'd be like the, the what, what? what are you talking about? What, what's a newsy? Right. So I think 
you know, just, it, it was a combination of not, not the best ideas that ultimately led this movie to not be successful in the theater. But something must have happened with that home video release because they wouldn't have thrown millions of dollars into a Broadway production if the if the want for for a Broadway production of it wasn't there. I remember first reading about the Broadway production or when they were working on it. And it was first announced that Disney was going to put together a Broadway production of Newsies. I was at a rehearsal for a show and I called over a friend of mine. I was like, uh, is this saying what I think it's saying? And she read it. She's like, oh, my God, that sounds amazing. I said, yeah, if they do it right, I think, you know, it could be something. But we were both kind of surprised that out of all the properties that Disney had, that would be the way that they would go. Um, well, I. I- I think I think there's a lot of potential in the movie, and, and I I enjoyed it. It was fun watching. I mean, I could see throwing it on with the kids, and maybe that's where the home video rental thing, um, which honestly we don't really we don't really get that experience anymore, right? Because what are we living? We're living the Netflix, Amazon Prime. There's a movie on, and we can watch it 16 times in a row if we want to. You, you know what I'm saying? That that didn't used to be that way until it hit home video. And maybe it was just one of those things that, yeah, kids got hooked into it. Kids were watching other kids run around and have fun and sing songs and all that. And let's hit rewind and we'll watch it all over again. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe that's how that kind of thing took off. So. All right. Uh, Do we have any final comments about newsies before we go into three questions? I don't think so. I mean, it's fun. It's a yeah. fun. It's like I think we kind of beat it up a little bit. It's a fun movie for what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, what, but when we do start thinking a little bit deeper about it, you know, there's some there's some question marks that start popping up. Mm-hmm. It's it's a fun movie. It just I to for me, my opinion, it needed stronger voices. It needed stronger personalities in those leads. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I mean, you know, Bill Pullman, not really a singer. No. <laughs> Christian Bale, decent voice, not yeah. bad. I listened to the, uh, I listened to it again on my uh, on my commute home. I pulled out the uh, the movie soundtrack and listened to it again. It doesn't have a horrible voice, but certainly not a singer. All right, it's time for three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Rapid fire time, lightning round. Question number one, do you still buy or read an actual physical newspaper? No, but I wish I did. I love the smell of it. And the feel, too. Mm -hmm. Something about that newsprint paper i don't know very tactile sensation 
I still like to, I, I rarely get the chance to actually sit down and read it. Um, but we still buy it. We still subscribe to a newspaper just as a former wannabe journalist uh, who wanted to work for newspapers before becoming a teacher. Um, I don't know. I, that's, I, I know how much, especially in recent years with the internet and everything else, that newspapers struggle for readership. So I'm like, uh, I mean, I'm not going to like throw a bunch of money into newspapers, but I'd like to, you know, I don't want it to be a, a dying art form. So let's, let's support them a little bit. Um, so yeah, we still, we still subscribe to a newspaper. We still get it. I sit down and read it when I can. Um, you know, and a lot of times it's maybe for the, mostly for the puzzles and the comics, but, um, you know, the funny papers, the funny papers. Um, but yeah, you know, I'll, I'll grab the sports section every now and then I'll, I'll rifle through the news stuff and opinion sections and all that. But, uh, yeah, so we, we still get one. I would plan to continue getting a newspaper at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, Jeff, you said you don't get one anymore, or you don't read one. No, I don't get. We don't get newspapers anymore, and I don't. Patrick, what about you? You read the newspaper? Uh no, I'm afraid not. I'm kind of like, uh, um, what Jeff was saying. You know, I've got uh, a couple of apps that, you know, put enough news on there that I get, uh, uh, I get enough news, and and I'm good to go. I, uh, I'll tell you though. You know, there's this one, uh, it's it's actually the New York Times. There's this uh, daily thing you can sign up for, you know, mm-hmm. where they send you like an email every morning and it's got these stories and everything like that. And then it's like, hey, if you like what you read, check out the subscription. And I mean, the subscription, the online subscription, it's good. But the articles are so, I mean, they're so well written and there's so much of the articles that I just don't have time to, I wouldn't have time to read the whole the whole shooting match. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's good. And I think too, for me, um, a lot of the, the stuff I listen to, I listen to uh, like NPR and then NPR has their podcast. So I, it's, it's very easy for me to uh, get saturated with the news. You know what I'm saying? It's um, uh, it's, it's funny you say that it's been tempting for us to switch our subscription to the Chicago Sun Times. Now that NPR owns them, mm-hmm. okay, okay. We we currently subscribe to the Chicago Tribune, and we have for years and years and years. Um, but since NPR bought the Sun Times, I'm like, oh, huh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think about that. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting to get the different perspectives and all that kind of thing. And you know, I have to. It's easy to kind of like. Um, binge on that and, you know, get sucked into that whole 24 hour news cycle and all that kind of thing. And so it's funny, I found like the podcasts are kind of nice because, you know, not to say that the old ways are the best, but you know, I'd like to listen to the news in the morning or listen to the radio. And then, you know, like, what was it? It used to uh, news at news at 11 or whatever like that, you know, there'd be the, there's certain hours throughout the day you turn on and they give you the news of the day. And so I kind of find myself doing that, like, okay, I'm just going to wait and put on the, put on NPR, the NPR news app, or you can even go online and find the news broadcast. Anyways, I'm sorry. I'm kind of rambling, but no print paper, but yeah, I, uh, you know, I like, I like getting my news off the radio or now they're by extension, the podcast and all that kind of stuff, but then using that to kind of limit it, right? Like, okay, I'm going to listen to the news tonight, not during the day or first thing in the morning, but not, you know 
not 24 hours. Let me check up and see what's going on. Yeah. All right. Question number two, what was your first job? Um, other than watching people's children, I was a afternoon paper boy. Did they know that you were watching their children? Most of the time. Or is this just like a weird, I'm sitting in a van next to the park sort of thing? I was a little young to have a van, but you know. That's why you like Star Trek. It's the whole Captain Picard thing. That's it. The boy. Oh, <laughs> oh so you were, you were a paper boy. You were a newsie. I was. I you were well, a newsie. Not quite, but yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, sure. Why? <laughs> That's what you were. That's why you're not wearing the hat, because you're the only one, only one of us that actually was a newsie. Mm, I never thought about it that no, way. You, I like your version better than mine. You don't, you don't need the hat. You bleed the hat. Ooh. I don't know what that means. Uh, yeah, me neither. Why, deep man, though. We, that, I like it. That should have been in the deep thoughts segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first job was in the back uh, stock room at Sears at uh, the Hawthorne Mall in Vernon Hills. And uh, I enjoyed working there with my friends because it was an opportunity to continue to lift heavy things and uh, keep ourselves in shape for football season and spend time with some of my friends. Um, but in all other respects, I absolutely hated it and couldn't wait to get out of there. Well, there you go. So the managers were terrible. And I was a young, naive, and stupid 16-year-old, so I had no patience for anything. Now you're an old, naive, and stupid. An old, stupid. naive, and stupid 40-whatever-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Patrick, first job, go. Uh, worked on a farm. Doing everything, doing... Yeah. Uh, Milking cats. Uh, I think I started in, I think I started in, um, cause they sold Christmas trees during the winter. And I think I got mm-hmm. like my seventh grade, the winter of my seventh grade or whatever. I started working in the Christmas tree on the tree lot. So it was like, you know, yeah. Would you like this? Well, the balsam fir has this, the Douglas fir has the Fraser fir. Okay. Fresh cuts. So we used the chainsaw and cut the bottom off the tree for them if they wanted you know, tie it to their car. Only a couple times we tied it through the thing and tied their doors shut. So, you know, there was a learning curve on that one uh, for them and for us. The uh, pickup trucks were always my favorite. But no, yeah, I started in seventh grade and then worked on a farm and then it was a great job. And then, you know, spring you worked in the greenhouse and plants and all that. And then, you know, like you worked in the farm stand and okay, we're going to run to the back, go get this guy, go get the whole thing. Let me tell you, sweeping out barns is a fortifying experience. <laughs> and uh, I imagine uh, so it is, it is, but um, yeah, this is a great time. It was a great job and, and uh, wonderful family owned farm and yeah, it was a good time. Jeffrey, your first job. Like Bo, other than, babysitting and taking care of kids my uh one of my uncles owned a number of pharmacies and one of them was a block away so when i was 14 maybe 15 um i'd go down there twice a week after school and clean and straighten and serve you know work as a stock boy and a couple hours a week cool that was that yeah working my uncle's pharmacy nice cool I, to, to bring it back, to make it a little less depressing and bring it back full circle to the newspaper thing, the first job I had that I enjoyed was working for the college newspaper at the University of Illinois. So, Oh, cool. I well, was if we're never... jobs we enjoy, then I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, okay. I was going to say. Um, <laughs> hmm. 
podcasting is the job I enjoy. There you go. There you go. There it is. Wow. There you go. As soon as we can do this full time. Uh, and then finally, question number three, what is your favorite Christian Bale role? Bonus points if you tell me it's the video where he goes off on somebody and tells them that they're done professionally. <laughs> that is a good one. That is a good one. That it's, is a good video. Actually, actually, I was going to pull the audio for that, and I have it on here at some point. Like, play it, but yeah, some other time. Favorite? I'm not done professionally with any of you, so. Bale role. I have been amazed at what he will go through for a role. Yeah, um, like like the machinist. Yeah, yeah, or vice. Yeah. Um I feel like what he went through for American Hustle is what I've been going through. I just don't have any acting roles. <laughs> you know, he he put on the pounds for that one. Yeah. I'm just I'm trying is, to get my big break. Is the machinist is that the one where he's in it with Marky Mark and their boxers? That's the fighter. That's the fighter. The okay. machinist is the one where didn't he get down to like ninety pounds? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Or something and insane. He, yeah. Well, he got he dropped a lot of weight for the the, the fighter too, because he was like a drug addict. Yeah, but but not like in the machinist. The machinist oh, okay. is like, okay. he he looks emaciated in the machinist. Okay. And the, the funny thing is that was before that was like one movie before. Batman begins. So he had to then bulk up again to play Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with my, my favorite one of his. I, I do like him as Bruce Wayne in the Batman movies. Um, you know, I like him as, I know a lot of people didn't like that one. I liked him as John Connor in Terminator Salvation. I've liked him in his other ones. Um, I, the one I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, um, um, I'm, I'm blanking out right after I was going to say it. Oh, Patrick Bateman. American Psycho. There you go. That's going to be my favorite. First time I watched that movie, I think I might have watched it three times in the same week. <laughs> I shared the story how I watched that in seven back to back, both first, oh. both first time viewings. <laughs> I was a I was in a very strange frame of mind. That uh, yeah. No one of them I watched again later that night with my friend. So I watched I watched them back to back by myself. And then later that night, in somebody's dorm room, brought one of them over and watched one of them again with everybody else. Please tell me you weren't watching those to try to connect with a girl. No. Okay, good. No. Some girl. <laughs> that one, there's nothing, okay. no. Okay, mm -hmm. good, good. So that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with American Psycho. Are, are we just all just going to admit that Bruce, his uh, his Batman is is pretty good? Yeah, I yeah, Batman's gonna be my choice. It, Unless yeah, I, I wanted yeah. to, I wanted to uh, not choose Batman. Yeah, but it's really good. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a little surprised that Pat is not going. I mean, I understand the going for the Batman thing. I'm a little surprised you didn't go for the Ford versus Ferrari. Me too, because I've been looking at that one. Yeah, I so. That, that gets into, uh, like, how much do we want to explore the question? My favorite movie that he's in or my favorite role that he portrays? Your, your you know favorite, what I'm saying? Your favorite role that he has portrayed. Yeah. So, like, I think, um, oh, gosh, what is he playing? Ford versus Ferrari. Ken Block. No, not Ken Block. Yeah, What's uh, his Ken name? Miles. Ken Miles. Ken Miles. Ken Miles. Yeah, not Ken Block. Yeah, like, I think Ken Miles, like, I think how he portrays Ken Miles, like, that's awesome. 
you know, do you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. but what he brings to the Bruce Wayne character and you get three movies for him to develop that character. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, so, so that's where I don't want to get too into the answer to the question, but sometimes when I can't decide, like, okay, so what is his favorite character? Well, I love what he's done with creating the Bruce Wayne and Batman and what he brings to that and so on and so forth. Like, yeah, he's great as Ken Miles. Do you know what I'm saying? But like, you know, if I had to pick which movie that I like better, well, then it might be a little bit closer. And it's not that he didn't do anything like not in bringing Ken Miles out, but I think just what he did with the Batman was just, was just pretty awesome. But again, I'm getting really into the exact wording of the question. And so that kind of helps narrow it down. Right. I'm going to try to avoid Batman, although it probably is, probably is my favorite. Um, but there's two others that stand out to me. Um, one of them is his performance in the prestige. Mm, yeah. mm-hmm. And the other is his performance in uh, equilibrium. Mm-hmm. I have not seen equilibrium. It's good. Okay. We'll get to it in 10 years. All right. I'll put it on the list. There it is. So there we go. Nice. Bo, did you go? I think I was going to drop a Ford versus Ferrari as much as I do it. Like his Batman, I really think the just there's something about that portrayal that stuck out. It was the first thing I thought of when I read John's question. So I think I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. It's a great movie. He's awesome. It just—it was funny looking through his list on IMDb. What struck me is the lengths he's gone to for some of these roles. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like he's got some great character work that he's done. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot he played Dick Cheney for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah. You don't look at Christian Bale and think Dick Cheney. It's just not one of those things. <laughs> yeah, I—it's kind of amazing, really. I actually, Jeff, now that you mentioned it, I want to go back and rewatch because I've only seen it once, maybe twice. I want to go back and rewatch The Prestige now because I remember just how absolutely crazy that movie was. Yeah, it's a, it, it, it's a um, well, I'm not going to say the term that I was thinking, but it messes with your mind. David Bowie is cloning hats. Spoiler alert. <laughs> That doesn't make any sense at all. So the spoiler alert probably doesn't mean anything for anybody, but is but it is makes it, all the uh, sense. I've seen the prestige. Is David Bowie in it? Yeah. And I'm just blank. Okay. Yeah. I've got to rewatch it because there were two magic movies that came out that year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Prestige and the Majestic. No. No, not the Majestic. The, uh, the, the Majestic was the one about the, the theater. What was the other one? The yeah, one set the, in Austria. The other one was the one with Edward Norton. Yeah. Yeah. The Illusionist. A, the Illusionist. The yeah. Illusionist. That's right. Wasn't that one set in Austria with uh, Catherine Beale? Is there a Catherine Beale? Jessica Beale. Was it Jessica Beale? Yeah. 
Jessica Biel. Was she in that one and it was set in Austria? I believe so. Am I thinking of something else? Yeah, Vienna. Mm -hmm. Vienna. Okay. Vienna is in Austria. Yeah. I think. Nothing's yeah. changed on that front. As far as I know. Yeah. All right. Unless yeah, they, uh, the prestige, man, the cast on this movie is just nuts. Oh, it's crazy. It's it's Andy Circus, David mm -hmm. Bowie, Michael Caine, Hugh Jackman, Christian Bale, Scarlett Johansson, Piper mm -hmm. Parabo. Wow. It's is that it's been a long that, time. I gotta get back to this one too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm gonna watch after the casting pod tonight. Roger Rees. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Directed by Christopher Nolan. I mean, come on. Yeah. Oh, and written there it is. by Christopher Nolan. Yeah, the prestige is insane. So good. Yeah. It's just so good. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we end the podcast and we can just all go watch the prestige? Right, mm -hmm. I've, got, I've got it over here on my movie shelf. There you go. I think I do, too. We'll have to look for it. Okay. Well, pop it in, share your screen, and let's fire it up. All right. Let's do it. All right. Well, on that note, that's going to do it for Newsies for us. So you can go find us on 30podcast.com, at 30podcast, on all of the different social medias. Um, you can also come back here next time. Next week, our episode is going to be Aladdin. And then the week after that, we finish it out with Cool World. Uh, our Patreon episode this month Which is... Which you really enjoyed, right? <sighs> yeah, let's, Hollywood, let's, if she could. I, I wish she wouldn't, though. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pull back the curtain for like two seconds because I don't want to talk very long about this. Um, Give us a glimpse. Because it's late and I don't want to start indiscriminately murdering people. Um, wow. Yeah. Let's just say I'm not a violent person by nature. Watching Cool World made me want to be. <laughs> um, specifically towards the people that made Cool World. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that is a a harsh reaction. When um was that was that Blue Velvet was Laura Laura Dern was in Blue Velvet, right? Yes. Yeah, Pat's favorite movie. Um, One of my favorites. Yeah, and I remember in that movie because she was just she was just so nice and sweet and innocent. I remember when we watched that movie, I made the comment. I was like, I just want to rescue her from the people that are doing horrible things to her in Blue Velvet. Okay, yeah. When I watch Cool World, I just want to rescue Roger Rabbit from the horrible things Cool World is trying to do to Roger Rabbit. It's funny. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, I've decided... You're not, you're not making me want to go back and watch it again. I Give it 20 minutes and see if you want to. I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I made it 20 minutes the first time I tried watching it. Okay. God, I haven't seen this in years. I'm just, so I'm just going to say it's been so long that I really I have like random scene flashes in my head, not enough coherent to uh, to watch it. The, I have to. The funny thing is, watching the movie, there were scenes where I was vividly like, I remember the trailer of this. I remember mm -hmm. seeing the trailer of this as a kid because I remember the little snippets that end up in the trailer. I was like, I remember seeing the trailer and thinking, aha. This is an adult version of, like, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and I probably am not supposed to see this, but it's enticing, and I never saw it. Thank God, because it would have ruined my entire childhood. <laughs> but I'm just going to say this, and then we can, and people can fast forward to, like, three weeks from now when we actually talk about this movie. This might have replaced other movies for my late, least favorite movie of all time. Wow. Oh, it's it's down there. And I'm it's not done with there. it yet. I'm not done with it yet. I still have about 
25 to 30 minutes left to go in the movie. Okay. Well, that can happen. And I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. All right. You're really, uh, you're really psyching us up to want to go watch it there, John. I am. I want you to watch it because I want to start a fight when we talk about this movie. Flames. On the side of my face. Flames. Oh, fl- yeah. But the, I'm oh, going to. Yeah. But I'm going to take breathing? the flames. I'm going to take the flames and I'm going to find the master copy of this film and I'm going to light it on fire. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to sit there like beavers. I, okay. John. John. Like beavers. John. Sitting there going, it, ha, 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 John, fire. It's fire. O- it's okay. John, it's okay. This is a safe place now. It's not okay. It, this is a safe place now, John. No, it, okay. we live in a world in which someone made Cool World. It's not safe. <laughs> they mostly come out at night, mostly. mostly. And, and, while, and its appearance, while grotesque, mm-hmm. is necessary. That's right. I'm wearing this movie right. now. Because well, somewhere you need someone to make that movie. You want someone to make that movie. No, you can call me Santiago and weep for me then. Wow, man! (laughs) Perhaps you'll join me in a weep. This movie, while tragic, Hmm. yeah, saved lives. Question mark? Question mark? Saved careers? Ended careers? Uh, I don't know. It's we'll get there. Like, give us give us like two or three weeks, and we'll talk about it. All right, man. I'll mostly sit in a corner, rock back and forth, and just rant about it, but. And I, and, yeah, I might, a podcast. And, and I might be wearing the same hat. Um, but you Bring know. your sardines. There you go. I might need them for that. Uh, so once we get past May, if we get past oh, that's, May. So that's Newsies. So that's, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so once we get past May, if we make it that far, in June for our Patreon, we've got Godfather from 1972. And then we've got Distinguished Gentleman, Encino Man, Memoirs of an Invisible Man, Lawnmower Man, and Candyman. Then when we get to July, we're doing the Razzies of 1992, which would include Shining Through, The Bodyguard, Christopher Columbus, The Discovery, First uh, Final Analysis, and the one we just talked about this time, Newsies. The rest of the month of July is Batman Returns, Reservoir Dogs, The Mighty Ducks, and Beethoven. So we got a lot of really good stuff coming up in the next few months or so, so you can go check those out if you want to get ahead of the game. Watch those before we talk about them. There is your list. Go enjoy. Gentlemen, as always, I love talking movies with you. Hey, thank you, John. Thanks, John. All right, everybody. Jeff and Bo, it was great seeing you guys. It's always good to see. This is this is like the most. This is the highlight of my week. Is to ignore work for a while. I I know, but you know, it's you gotta look forward to something. I agree. This is awesome. All right, everybody, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, which does not include Cool World, and we'll see you back here next time.